Grugamesh! And with that, welcome to the Grugamesh podcast, the only in one place for anime discussion on the internet. Don't question that. I'm the host of the most mostly Jay, and to my right, my co-host, Vic. Hello, it's me, the co-host with the co-most, Victor. Victor, my soul is burning so bright, if only there were androgynous firefighters to put me out. Jay, I just saw a great movie that I think caters to exactly what you're looking for. Is there robots and or gay people? Yes, there is! Oh boy! It's called... Star Wars. <laughs> the Last Jedi. <laughs> I think you'd really enjoy it. Jazz, welcome aboard. <laughs> hey, it's your boy Jazz! <laughs> For our second episode of the Grugamesh Podcast, we've brought in an expert of all things eccentric and gay. Please welcome Jazz, the Grugamesh Podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm, uh, I'm, 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 think I'm, I think I'm okay. I, I think so. I mean, I, I can never be certain, can you? <laughs> No, well, that was certainly a, that was a podcast sentence. Now, <laughs> we had the delight of about two weeks ago seeing Studio Trigger's latest cinematic outing, Promare, on the big screens, which... I thought it was pronounced Promare. That's the most weeb sentence I think you've ever seen, which is quite an achievement for you. <laughs> no, this was... I mean, my initial review could be contained within this. I do remember you saying um, something along those lines after the movie ended. Yes, I do, I do, I do recall, I do, yeah. So before we uh, mainly get into spoilers, we're going to do a general retrospective of this. Right. Thankfully, this will be less task than taking on an entire media franchise in 90 minutes. That certainly was fun. Thanks, Evangelion. You ruined my social life. I mean, it did that long before this episode, but I just wanted to clarify. So, general thoughts of this Japanimation feature we viewed. Well... Uh, if I if I can go first, um, no. I enjoy. Okay, fine. Jazz. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I liked it a lot. It was a it was a it was a very good, very fun time. It uh, yeah, it was a. It was definitely elevated by watching it at a cinema. It was that oh, kind yeah. of movie. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Sound. I mean, granted, like I don't know where you were sitting. My yeah, our seats were to the right, so I'm pretty sure my neck will never recover. Yeah, from it. my experience oh, yeah. was not elevated by the seats. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I actually, I specifically, I went in there. I I took like the last seat on yeah, the you second row. You abandoned us. We wanted to sit with friends, but you wanted to experience the movie properly. <laughs> I made the correct choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um, so our general thoughts before we get behind the whole uh, production and spoiler discussion, if you have not seen Promare and it's still playing in a cinema near you, I wisely advise you to check this out. In my opinion, getting yeah. into this later, this is Studio Trigger finally earning the Gynax seal of approval that they've Ooh. longed for for years. Big words. And so, yeah, uh, just before we get into... Impressions. I'm going to talk about a bit about uh, details of the film and pre-production now. This has recently raked in $13 million worldwide, which for a non-Miyazaki, non-family, gay robot anime film is quite impressive. Mm -hmm. yeah. In addition to the fact that it's also getting multiple showings. Promise I believe it just got like, it's just got like an encore series of showings in America yeah, no, like this week. It's this has been a cultural impact. Yeah, definitely. This it's like it's all you heard about for a good three months from after the first screening. One hundred percent, from fan art to uh, rave reviews. This this has completely taken over Twitter, Tumblr, everything you can imagine. Everything is promo right now. And where did you first hear about this? And what did, did you did you keep up with this? Because I remember the announcement at Anime Expo, and I have a fun story to share before I get into it. But uh, were you following this or not? 
What, as in when... when yeah. Oh, yeah. How well, closely? Um, not particularly closely. I mean, I remember in like my usual internet anime haunts, I saw uh, when the first like key visual was posted, which I believe was just like the poster that they mm. continued to use throughout the marketing campaign, which has got like uh, Gallo uh, just standing on, like standing front and center and then the other characters surrounding mm. him. And my first reaction and the reaction of, I think most of the people who uh, I was, I was with were, Oh wow, it's Kamina. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, they're really, really trying to do another Gurren Lagann and they're not being subtle about it this time. Like they did with Kill La Kill. Or, well, it's Kamina, but he's gay now. Well, yeah, we didn't know he was gay then. Did we? <laughs> it was, he was hiding it. Well, he was still in the closet. Diet Pepsi <laughs> Kamina aside, anything else? Or? Uh, no, that was about it. So like, as soon as I, as soon as I knew it existed and I saw that, I was like, Oh cool. It's, it's, Trigger, it's Imaishi. I like both Trigger and I like Imaishi, so I'm gonna watch it when it comes out. And after that, I stopped following it, and then only really it just hit you. Yeah, like, well, it hit me like about three months ago when it got the US release three months earlier than us, mm. and suddenly everyone was raving about it, and it was not what I expected. I expected it to be moderately well received amongst fans of Trigger. Uh, and that was about it. And obviously, it you expected it to be way more niche than it was, opposed yeah. to the cultural explosion it's been in the Absolutely, anime community. Absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, would, do you think it's fair to say that this is now like Trigger's biggest hit? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> like more more than Kill La Kill, which I think is pretty safely second place, and then everything else is quite far behind. So yeah, I was expecting it to be maybe on par with Kill La Kill, but it's totally they have catapulted themselves even further into the anime mainstream. Absolutely. So Jazz, were you keeping up with Promo at all oh. in any capacity? Uh, no, because I'm like a Discord hikikomori. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm active in two servers on there, a grand total. <clears throat> um, so uh, like, I, I first heard about it um, uh, like just via Discord, mm. I think right. back in like March, April? Then I just sort of like looked it up on um, uh, on Mal and then just read about it and I was like, oh yeah, this 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 I'm def I'm definitely looking forward to this. I'm gonna gonna be hyped for this. But like I didn't, I was just gonna I was just the plan was just to wait for like the movie mm. came out. I don't really go want go in for like hype trains or anything like Wise that. Wise decision in our current media landscape. <laughs> but it does have a lot of things that you would get hyped about, right? Because you love Kill La Kill. It's one of your favorites. You love Imaishi and you love uh, it's. Uh, Sawano, right? The person who yeah. does the music. Yeah. So... Although I didn't actually, I didn't actually know Sawano uh, specifically was composing the music. So. Ah, fair enough. I didn't know actually until I like, went into the movie and then I saw his like his name just came up and I was like, oh, <laughs> this, is You're going, in for a treat. this is going to be an orgy for my ears. Yeah. <laughs> that was the original title for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can still make it happen. Uh, maybe though. Anyway, if you asked me, Jay. We're gonna make a movie with your DNA strands. <laughs> Promare is the closest you'd get. I the funny story I have is I originally saw two names. Uh, everyone praises Hiroyuki Maishi, but the name I was interested in is Kazuki Nakashima, the mm. screenwriter of Gurren, Kill la Kill, and uh, other projects like uh, Re Cutie Honey and stuff like that. And so I followed this early to begin with. Followed. Uh, anime news network articles and everything in between. And this is where it gets funny and tragic. I thought that Darling in the Franks was this Trigger project. What? And so, here's the thing, because I didn't know what it was called. Right. I forgot the name of Promare. Mm -hmm. And so when Darling in the Franks premiered, I was like, oh, this is that Nakashima and Imaishi <laughs> anime. Oh, what a tragedy. <laughs> and let down from there. But no, I also dropped out the production, but finally seeing this 
this is everything I love to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So I think with the pre-production out of the way, full discussion time. Right? Yay! Who wants to go first then? <laughs> well, I didn't know Gurren Lagan had a third movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is about how I feel as well. But then it also has strands of I think we can all agree, like, mm. a lot of other Trigger and Gynax shows. You know well. me, so I'm gonna get into my grand thesis right. later. But I will say that absolutely go and see this film. Mm-hmm. It is a treat for the eyes, to say the least. The sheer, unadulterated spectacle. The, for lack of a more eloquent term, the hype. The unadulterated feeling of burning youth is very much present in this, and I've heard reports of very crowded theatres being kind of like an ass place to view this, but yeah. if you can get a good showing, the sheer atmosphere and sound setup of a big screen cinema multiplex is absolutely the way you want to watch this. It even helped that we had like a Q&A with uh, Imaishi as well, mm, beginning yeah. with. Yeah. They said, focus on the focus colors. Focus on the colors, yeah. And that's 100%. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm losing cohesion here. Please back me up. Well, yeah. yeah. I, was, I mean, you're right. I also remember Imaishi said, like, the last thing he said was, like, keep watching to the end because something really cool happens at the end. And I'm still, I'm not entirely sure which, what he was referring <laughs> to because about re- five different cool things happened at the end. Actually, I don't think it was Imaishi who said that it was, oh, the, was it uh, the character designer who said that. Uh, uh, Sushio? I believe the character designer was Sushio. Oh, not the character designer, maybe the screenwriter. Who was the, who was the third guy? I don't know. No. The only one I recognised there by appearance was the Imaishi, but I can't remember if he was the one that said that. Imaishi said, like, said, oh, focus on the colours. Ah, right, right. <laughs> Does make sense. Uh, but no, like, just a general discussion. Like, this will be way more lucid than the Ava one, so just throw out anything you want. Spoilers off the table, shotgun blast. They don't even need to... I can't Get believe into... they had full-blown gay sex in the final scene. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, want, I, I said spoilers were off the table, man. But, yeah! Right. Fine, fine. At least leave something to the imagination. I had to clean my Well, this movie afterwards. didn't. <laughs> I've jotted down in my notes that this looks like an anime robot rainbow factory exploded, and mm-hmm. I think that's my full opinion of Promat. It's blend of 2D animation and cel-shaded 3D. Yeah. It blends seamlessly. It uses sharp angles, this classic trigger design. The, uh, the motion, the motion of the burning rescue, I, I, they're mecha technically, but they're more like suits, if you will. Yeah. yeah. It's very colourful film. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, t- I think we should talk about production and all those elements first, right. because I think narrative is going to take away a decent amount of this discussion, because I can already sense that we're going to have our opinions about mm-hmm. that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I want to uh, shout out, just uh, looking for my uh, list of things. Whilst I'm looking through, uh, please, by all means, favourite moments, favourite versions, favourite anything from this. Just shotgun... Bl- this movie itself is a shotgun blast of raw passion, so I think that's yeah. what this cast should be. Well, um, my two favourite moments in the movie, the first one is very near the start. It's the long sort of introductory action scene mm. with Burning Rescue. Mm. I think it's it's good because it's the only real part of the movie where Burning Rescue gets their time in the spotlight. Yeah, they yeah. Also, yeah. also... Everyone gets a cool introduction. Yeah. They even yeah. have a mascot. Everyone... They do. Oh, I loved um, the the... 
the like the chief dude with the moustache. I was oh, really yeah. sad that he didn't get more time. I like I liked his attitude and his appearance. He's anime but, Colonel Sanders, and yeah. it very much shows. Yeah, but it was just like it was non-stop. It was like yeah, there was never never any pause in the energy. You you like get them leaving the station you get them putting out the supernatural fire you get like the fire sort of coming alive and attacking them it's a very fast diegetic way to explain the story yeah like definitely. it felt very akira-esque to begin with especially uh-huh. in regards to the mushroom cloud of uh, cyan and purple uh, burnish energy just exploding yeah, in definitely. tokyo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to say one thing I really liked in that scene that we don't really get to see much more of later in the movie is um the sort of black pointed like metal armor mm. that Leo and the the two brothers who I forget the names of where yeah Leo's which... lieutenants are very tokusatsu esque in regards to a lot of the very pointy that's a very post Ava design mm-hmm. in regards to a lot of those mecha yeah but it's really cool like, I love I think it was in the trailer the shot where mm. like uh, Leo's in the armory like sits down and slams his foot down and the camera like zooms in on him at mm. the same time and it's great speaking of that what I was trying fumbling before oh, yes. is yeah, uh, go ahead. Shinsuke Ida is the cinematographer for this right. f- film who is the unsung hero because the angles <gasps> the angles yeah. that you get during this this movie you can't get with traditional animation it's, no. uh, if anything I have my grievance about the usage of CG anime as all do all of us this is the best usage of it I've seen possibly ever because it takes full advantage of the technology. Yeah, I think I think I agree. Yeah, oh, I would say so. Like, there are there are bits like obviously pretty much consistently throughout the movie, mm. the backgrounds are CG animated because yes. they're made in like the stylized like you know they look you can like see... almost like an indie game. Yeah, like very very big chunky polygons mm. that but they're very visually appealing. Um, but then there you also do get bits where it's quite obvious that the characters are 3D models as well. And you notice it, but you never really mind it, because it's always in service of like some crazy like camera pan or something, which would be ridiculously intensive to do in 2D animation. It's made as an aid and a support, yeah. rather than having it be a crux, if you will. Yeah, that's definitely. the way this movie correctly uses CG animation. Yeah. Like, and there was definitely never a point in the production where they wanted it to be fully 2D, and then they were like, we can't do this, we've got to go to There CG. is no compromise. Yeah. I think that's the best way to sum up this film, and that's why I really respect it. Like, I'm going to get into this later, but my philosophy that style is substance, mm-hmm. Proma is the poster boy for the fact that something can have meaning, even if its narrative lacks. Mm-hmm. Mm. Jazz, any more things about the production before we move into more narrative elements? Uh, I don't know, it's not really like um, uh, my... Uh... Your forte? Uh, yeah, I guess so, because it's like, I don't really... I'm not, I, I'm not a film student like you, I can... Mm, yes. <laughs> I wrote an essay on Robinson Crusoe and Blade Runner. <laughs> Bow before me, mortals. Alright, let's go, we're not needed yet. <laughs> I say the word diegetic at least once per sentence. <laughs> Give me a job. I mean, I can talk about shapes and colours, I guess. <laughs> Were the shapes and colours good? They were very good. I, 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 I like them a lot. <laughs> there we but go. Yeah, uh, in terms of favourite moments, like uh, this is probably like a cliche because it's probably everyone's favourite moment, but uh, I would probably say the fire dragon scene. Yes, that was oh, that was yeah. mine. That was just that was just that was just an amazing like just oh god I yeah <laughs> that's the problem with this film it takes so much mental energy to uh, compartmentalize what you've witnessed that you kind of do but yeah. 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 
But I would, I would also say, being being a little bit snarky and critical, that maybe another part of the problem is that for a lot of the movie, there's not much you can say about it other than this looked really cool and sounded. Really yeah, cool. I think that like, if it had been like um uh, like, I don't know, like a six episode OVA or a twelve episode yeah. series, it would have been like even more amazing because I'm a. Uh, uh, like I, I, I really like I, w- I really quite like some of the background characters, yeah, but like 100% there agree. was like no like real time like dedicated to like establishing them or their dynamic. Yeah. Like there was just that one scene where they're at the pizza restaurant where yeah. they just kind of talk and most of it's exposition. Well yeah. animated margarita, so, I'll say. Oh, yeah, it <laughs> made me hungry. Give me that digital pizza. Yeah, that is curious because if anything, my philosophy of coming out of this movie is I want Trigger to just make films after this hmm. but I can empathise with a desire to see a greater narrative and speaking of the greater narrative the greater narrative of this movie and this is where the war begins <laughs> because I think we're all we're different sides of a die here because Vic I think you're the most critical of I this I do I, I overall I enjoyed the movie but I think that for me that was carried like 99% by the presentation I did not enjoy the narrative much at all Jess, why do you stand yeah. on this? Because I uh, need to know when I, if I'm the bad guy or not. <laughs> I mean, like, for me, it was very much a sort of a remembering love movie. Like, y- you know, okay. remembering love is presumably... Yeah, the Matt uh, Cross movie, my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, y- you know, as in, like, it's just, like, a, like just constant callbacks to, like, mm-hmm. previous Trigger... Uh, Swimming and in derivatives. Yeah, basically, it was, like, yeah... It was it was what I expected and it was what I wanted. So that's that's fair yeah. enough. Not everything needs to subvert expectations. Yeah. For me, I'm somewhere in between because mm-hmm. as much as I because Victor, you were right next to me. I was yes. in a. I saw, I saw you like doing your like poses of satisfaction. <laughs> you like clenched your fist and were like, ooh, at certain moments. I sat. You were very into it. Cross armed in a Gynax pose for the entire two hour duration, wearing my Gunbuster t shirt. You're a hero. <laughs> recognizing all the callbacks, not just to uh, Trigger and Gynax, but just super robot in general. Right. And I'll have a whole spiel about that later because I'm me. But I. Also, view. I came. I the first thing I turned to you and I said, the way I describe the narrative of this film is, Diet Pepsi Goron Wagon. Yeah. And what yeah. I meant to say is Diet Pepsi Nakashima. Right. Because I'm fond of his writing. I really am. But this was a sort of a heated up ready meal of his previous tropes. Mm-hmm. Because if you analyze. Everything, because I also spoke to a couple other friends who were very unfamiliar with Trigger, who loved it and saw didn't see anything coming. But right. if you know even a little bit about their shows, the plot you can predict every Chekhov's gun the mm. plot throws at you, yeah. and that becomes very noticeable halfway right. through. I yeah, I mean, I didn't. I, I suppose I'm not as familiar with his writing as you you well, you are. So I I didn't feel that. I didn't. Well, if you're familiar with uh, Killer Killer and Gurren, like those are yeah. his two biggest works, so you know yeah. enough. I mean, yeah, I suppose I suppose I could predict that the scale would get exponentially larger mm. until something ridiculous happens at the end, thanks to the power of love and friendship and believing in oneself. And that evolution the is the key word because it also reuses that motif from Gurren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, like, I I did not feel like I knew where the movie was going a lot of the time. So mm. I guess we had different experiences there. That's fair enough. I kind of called almost every twist, but that's only because I have engrossed myself in this man's. Because one thing I want to make sure is Imaishi is not 
he's a he's a he's not tall, but he's not the only dude responsible whose voice can really be heard in mm. this. Uh, like Nakashima is equally responsible, and you can clearly tell where they are a pair because both come from similar backgrounds. They are both huge fans of old robot anime like Mazinga Z and Geta Robo, especially that was, was the primary basis for Gurren. And I can I can see that seeping into Proma with challenging government with uh, threats of nature and. I think after this, it'll be wise to get into characters, but this was a very derivative love letter and something what I call the Gynax soul. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned in the last episode that Gynax were known for being derivative and taking their own imagery from the past and making it their own. And Trigger is following suit in that 100%. So yeah, how about those funky twinks, guys? They were cool. I, I like the Twinks very much. I like. I like. Put the that on the box when the Blu-ray comes out. I liked the Twinks. Honestly, it will probably help it sell. I think. I think that would be a, a fantastic marketing campaign. Arigato, Nippon. But yeah, I think maybe like obviously not as much as you again because I'm not as I, I've not mm. experienced as many of these things in sort of this like bloodline of anime as you have. But I did get a fair few of, you know, like, the nods and the parallels. Yes. Like, obviously, the Kill a Kill ones are very it's obvious. It's hard not to, honestly. Yeah, and that's the, the point. The Gurren ones are extremely obvious. There's, mm. there's like, I recognised stuff like there's the Inazuma kick, which was very... Oh, that was an excellent moment where uh, they do they do the Inazuma kick, but it's... It's a fake-out, because they get yeah, there. Yeah, they're just like, ow, it didn't work. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Noriko's crying now. Yeah, oh, poor Noriko. But, um, but I think I think the problem that I have with it is that unlike previous Trigger and Gainax shows, mm. where they've taken all of these disparate parts from things that they love and were inspired by and turned them into like a sort of meaningful whole, I feel like a lot of the nods and parallels in this one were just there kind of for the sake of it and there wasn't really any substance behind them. That's fair. Yeah. Any contributing thoughts to this? Or? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I'd say I agree with both sides in a way. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm a person who's quite easy to please when it comes That's to anime. That's fair enough. There's absolutely nothing like, wrong with that. If, yeah. something, if something looks cool, I will enjoy it. Yeah. And like, this movie is the coolest thing yeah. that's ever been animated this year. Yeah. There's nothing that tops it in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll be the first one to admit that I... I'm perfectly happy watching things that I don't enjoy the story of if I enjoy the presentation. Yeah. And that was 100% this, and I came out enjoying it. Mm. But yeah, in, in regards to characters, like, I do think that like definitely, yeah, there were much stronger characters, obviously, in the, in the, in the, tri in the Trigger TV series. The but, uh... problem is, if you'll allow me to divulge a little, with it being a movie, you can absolutely do a cast like this, but you have to do it knowing that only a few of them will get screen time, so yeah, it's probably exactly. wise to make it smaller, but because it's Trigger, they make all these cool, interesting designs, yeah. but one of them literally only gets a line. Yeah, that yeah. was the thing that hurt me the most, that you get so many of these interesting characters, like the Burning Rangers, like a lot of the sort of minor Burnish, yeah. and yeah. like and like a lot of, um, sort of, I, I even forget the name of them, but like the, um, like, you know, the evil team that's mm. uh, trying to kidnap all the burnish and use them to power their yeah. funny rocket. Yeah, there was a, but, there was 
like uh, the the secretary, I think she, she was. Yeah, like, yes. yeah, because she she had a really cool design, but I don't think she even says anything. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's triggers blessing and curse that they they're so they can so effortlessly make characters that you want to get to know, but then yeah. they can't they can't have you get to know them because they don't have the screen time. Yeah, yeah. God, like because uh, like my favorite character in the entire film was probably Lucia, the uh, the mad scientist lady. Oh uh, right, and like yeah, she was like I think that she was probably the member of um. Uh, like obviously, second to Gallo, the member of oh, and um, and um, Ina. Obviously, second to Gallo and Ina. Third, third, that third person then. Mm. Mm. Uh, the third, the third member of um, uh, Burning Rescue to get the most uh, like lines and screen lines time. Lines and screen time. Mm. Yeah, but uh, still, I felt that she. She's was, a very she chaotic not... trigger character. Yeah, yeah she's she... very remind, reminds me a lot of. Um... Non on and uh, non on. Yeah. yeah, she had the same voice as non on. Yes, definitely. Oh, they love she... that voice actor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> grades me a little. Uh, I can understand that, but it gets me in the right spot, man. Fair enough. I mean, there was a subplot about Ina and her sister, which yeah. was explored enough, but once again, it's two hours. There's only so much yeah. you can do. I yeah. think the thing that irks me about that is that Ina gets a new, sh- uh, uh, sorry, in- introduced initially. <laughs> And her sister gets introduced as Ina's sister, but by the end of the movie, the sister has gotten far by far the most screen time and development. And Ina is just sidelined. Yeah, she's just basically <laughs> she basically just seemed to be there for that one sort of semi-romantic scene on the ice, and then she kind of just fades to the background and follows them around a bit. That's that's how I felt. Mm. I mean, talking about the main three characters of this, I'd argue that between Galo, Leo, and Cray Forsyth. Cray Forsyth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's some Toriyama name pun bullshit. <laughs> I'd argue this is Leo's, Leo's story. More oh, 100%. Than his, uh, yeah. And he was the most original character as well, I would say. Because Gala's very fun, but he is goofy Kamina, and he doesn't yeah. really change throughout the movie. Like, you don't always have to have the same progressing character arcs for every piece of media, but in this, when the theme is about human evolution and burning spirit... A little change would have been welcome, I guess. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and honestly, when you, burning spirit, Leo <laughs> has that literally. Yeah. yeah. So he could very much perhaps could have carried the plot as mm. the sole main character. Yeah, the burnish. I mean, it, I, I'm going to use this a lot, so apologies. The burnish are all. They feel very similar to Spiral Energy mm-hmm. in regards mm. to the whole metaphor of a dangerous substance that humanity has uh, not collected but have integrated within, mm-hmm. and the fact that the government is using it to, or a, a governmental force is either trying to suppress it or use it to cr- prevent a catastrophe is classic Nakashima, yeah. and in a way, classic Super Robot. But the thing that sort of irked me a little was the fact that halfway through, and not quite halfway through, but early on in the film they're arrested and showed that the Burnish are discriminated against and they're put in ice chambers and I literally mumbled to myself this is just X-Men. They're literally <laughs> it, it mu- they're mutants. It's the most blatant discrimination parable you could possibly f- shove in. Yeah. And it, it works. Is. But they kind of forget about it after a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because by the end of the movie, the Burnish are all cured by the power of magical punchy yeah. robots. See, this this yeah, it, was it, my... It, sorry, go on, Jess. Oh, I was just going to say that it, it doesn't really work as like a race metaphor really on any level. Yeah. Nope. By the that, end. Yeah, yeah, like that was 100% my biggest problem with the movie. Where for the first like 10 minutes, you think it's going to be a somewhat nuanced like commentary on racism. I think particularly with sort of, you know... Um, 
the black community. Mm. Um, and then it railguns into literally everything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that, like, the main problem I have with it is, like, you get, in, in the first ten minutes, um, I think it's it's a mad scientist lady, she, she like, says the specific line, like, um, oh, I know it's only, like, a few, a few burnish who, like, commit these heinous acts, but, but we can't help mm. it. It's, it's, it's their fault for, um, causing this, pre- like, causing, yeah, causing this prejudice against the whole mm. community. And I was like, wow, that's, that's very on the nose, actually. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. Not, they're not going to, like, sidestep around this. But by the end, like, the it's parallels forgotten. are completely gone. The, but, like, there's, I don't think there's any sort of parallel you could draw between real, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there's any parallel you could draw between real world events and the burnish being captured to power a teleporting rocket ship using their fire energy. Yeah. Whereas in the first 10 minutes or so, there were a lot of parallels between the way the burnish were treated and sort of real world events. Mm. Yeah, I think it kind of like, the point where it stops like um, uh, relating to um, uh, the real world, I think is the, the point where Leo basically explains that like, Oh, like we we destroy things because we have to. Like we literally yeah, have like a, that's a, good point. a like a, a sort of like internal like a, it's like it's like almost subconscious sort of yeah. thing. Like uh, we the... have to like let we have to like burn everything. We have to just let out the the. Like he, I think he actually says the line something along the lines mm. of uh, oh the the fire inside me is just telling me to burn out. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got, kind of got to pray that the parallel's not en- there anymore, because if it is, then that's, yeah, that's hugely just, insulting. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a massive yikes. Yeah. I, I, really, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they, would, they, they went that far, no. but regardless, it does... I, my favourite moment in the narrative was when Dr. Deus, yeah. who is only just thrown in as this disparate spirit who re- reveals Cray Foresight, knew about the catastrophe of the magma burning up planet Earth. And unveils the Deus Ex Machina. Oh yes, which oh, is God. gonna. I, I feel that that was designed for the Western audience way more for the, like the native audience. Yeah, yeah, possibly. And the ha- it looks like this bumbling sort of Big Hero Six esque. <laughs> yeah. No, here's, here's the thing. The um, like I, this was something I read in like a tweet like two mm. days ago. <laughs> the designer of the, this, the character designer for the movie also was specifically brought on by Disney to design Bayamax. Oh, really? So, yeah, so the, I, like, the, the interpretation that I read from this person was that them making fun of the Bayamax looking design was them having like a playful jab at this dude's designs. <laughs> so yeah, like, that was a very spot on um, comparison by you. Yeah, and how it's a big bumbling mecha but through Burning Spirit and Fusing, Mm. It makes the promo mech, and it's just it's Goth Gurren Lagan, yeah, in the, it with more spikes, <laughs> and it freaking works. Yeah, it really does. Because they, they, they even because they announce it with the onomatopoeias of the uh, the uh, excuse me, the kanji, and it's just all on screen, and it, I fist bumped. Of course, I oh, fist yeah, bumped. I it's you. me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think. Personally, like, I like my mechs. I'm not a huge, uh, as much of a huge mech guy as you. So, <laughs> or, I mean, I guess that'd be pretty difficult. But like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I probably personally preferred the action scenes where there was less involvement from the the large super robots. And I don't think, <laughs> yeah, just a single tear <laughs> slowly goes down. My don't face. get me wrong, I, that's the view of everyone else. Yeah, I I enjoyed both of them, but I think I. Again, like the the character designs are so good 
that yeah, I you want to see them in motion. Yeah, I want I to see them do their thing and not see them inside, like just see their faces in mm. a robot cockpit. That's you know? fair enough, especially considering Burning Rescue does fight with ice projectile weapons, which are yeah. very cool. Yeah, they are. Not scientifically sound. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I, I think I agree with. I'm going to have to agree with, agree with Victor on this one. Um, uh, yeah, the uh, the. The, uh, the 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 way the fire was animated that was oh. just like amazing yeah. and uh, yeah I mean obviously it does no it's in, the, in the, the Shenlong battles, it's the... scene is great it's yeah so good. it's it's incredible <laughs> and it's the bit where the best track in the in the movie plays oh as well, yeah yeah which is uh, Leo's thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, here you the go. only track not by Sawano, in fact. Oh, is it not? So, really? Yeah, it's, it's by the, it's by the band called uh, Superfly. Yes. Oh, yeah. them. Oh, that's interesting. I think Sawano because the two in regards to. I literally just have a section labelled Sawano Drop <laughs> because it is very noticeable that Hiroyuki Sawano is playing to his strengths in this soundtrack. Mm. The sheer bombacity of the orchestra, the uh, the vocals, and the build-up of theatrical music. This might be some of his best work I've ever heard, and I cannot imagine it with any other place other than with Promare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that definitely the the vocals mm. were better than uh, than I've heard in um, uh, some of his other some of his other things. Although, like, uh, I am very hesitant to say that it was better than the recreators soundtrack. That's, you that's know. fair. <laughs> but you do love but, your yeah. recreators. I mean, yeah. Sauna, like, whether it be Attack on Titan, Alejandro Zero, Gundam Unicorn, recreators, the man is very prolific, and that's for a reason because he can do dramatic music mm. the way that other composers sometimes lack. And it's that fusion where it isn't just a boring orchestral Danny Elfman score, or it isn't just a generic J-pop soundtrack. He strikes that nice balance, and I think there are like twenty sauna drops in this movie alone, <laughs> and yeah. it just adds fervor to the viewing experience. I cannot emphasize enough how this is a cinematic audience. This is a spectacle. Oh yeah, and that's 100%. the best way yeah. to experience this. Mm-hmm. I think that like actually one of the reasons why I actually preferred Kill the Kill over um, Gurren Lagann is, ju- is just because the soundtrack in Kill the Kill is obviously Sawano and he just he just makes like music right. that just really fits triggers of yeah. uh, shows. Mm. I mean I mean the, Gur- the Gurren Lagann soundtrack is also very good but it doesn't it doesn't quite hit all my notes um, uh, quite the same way. That's fair enough. Gurren is can... way more punky in regards to well is the thing uh I'd say Gurren is more rap rap based. It only has three rap tracks based in the soundtrack it's just a uh, Rap as a man's soul is reused quite often. Yeah, there are like four variations. Every eye catch that goes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that uh, like the Kill Like Kill soundtrack is a huge part of its appeal, and I could not imagine Kill Like Kill with a different soundtrack. Like there are, there are so many like standout songs in there. Yeah, this movie is just Trigger's final form in many ways. This, as I said at the beginning of the cast, this will catapult them even more into the mainstay of anime fandom. Uh, the actual amount of fan art I've seen oh, of yeah, this movie God. is ridiculous. <laughs> and what I'm hoping is they can make more films like this and make different super robot anime. Mm-hmm. Because Imaishi has talked, that despite the fact he's a huge fan of the original Mobile Suit Gundam, he doesn't really have much interest in doing a real robot show for Trigger because he doesn't think that Trigger's bombacity and energy really yeah, fits a realistic I, genre. I, I think that's pretty And accurate. that's absolutely fair considering Super Robot is even more on a decline than real robot. Mm. And I'd love to see more of his work. And I'll get to this later, but I have a... Uh, 
have a certain label here. Jazz, you seem to be an oh, expert on this. Yeah. Oh, yes. How to start a war with the gay community 101. <laughs> I'm ready for this. Oh, do, it, do it. I'm cracking my knuckles. You can't hear it. I am cracking my knuckles. Oh, boy. The, the gloves are off. I'm going to put them back on for this. This movie, more than anything else, I heard disparate whispers of LGBT representation in this. And I sort of raised my eye because Trigger's not far into this, but... They are very tongue-in-cheek with a lot of character interactions, and I was sort of yeah. raising my eye and sort of, okay, what will this, will this deal with sort of like a Liron character from Gurren? Will this deal with subtext? And I think it's definitive with an asterisk next to it, because there is, there is a kiss scene in this. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Everyone is drawing Galo and Leo as a pair online. They are absolutely crushing fan art sectors. I knew it would happen in the way it would exactly from moment one. Mm, and I'm a little disappointed it wasn't a genuine moment of affection. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, I think the, the moment when you get to the cave scene and you see Leo... Chekhov's gun. Like, Definitive yeah, Chekhov's yeah. gun. You're like, okay, well, that's all right. And to be fair, be we are ruined because of the internet. If we had gone in oh, yeah. to this screening yeah. without knowing anything, that would have been a nice surprise. But I don't. Well, I think, think I think if if I had gone into the screening without knowing anything about, if, without being prepped that it was gay, I would have thought like absolutely nothing of it. Yeah. I would have just been like, oh, that was a good movie, yeah. and <laughs> be very surprised yeah. if anyone mentioned anything about like LGBT representation. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I don't want to take this like I don't want to take this feeling of belonging that people are getting of this movie. It's really cool that a mainstream anime film has this. But I'm also hesitant to say if it does, because I don't want to be a dick, if you will. Yeah. I think the problem I have with it, and this is not an original point that I'm coming up with, and I think you, we both probably will heard it because everyone's been saying it for years, but when pieces of media like this that put in like the bare minimum amount of effort mm -hmm. to represent a marginalised group and everyone super overblows it and is singing their praises, yeah, then it yeah. gives them no incentive to try even harder next yeah, time. Yeah, that's like, oh, fuck, that's actually a really good point. Well done. Yeah, and it's, um, I mean, the thing is, like, Trigger's done this a bit in the past and has yeah, had similar with, reactions. Like, yeah, Mako and Ryuko. Yeah, and, and Diana Kaleko. and Akko was the big one in, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. in Little Witch. Yeah. But yeah, so... I mean, I don't, like, Jazz, you're the expert on this. There's the one queer person in the room. <laughs> I think you might want to take the mic for a hot second. Yeah. Okay, um... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I do, I do agree as in like, a, yeah, it was a, I think that it, it does like, in a way, there, there were kind of like two problems. The first one was like what I said earlier about the fact that like, uh, there was like no time for character dynamics to yes. be established or anything. And the movie was just so fast placed. There was, there was no time for like anyone to have like a heart to heart. Um, and yeah, the, then the second one was the fact that it was like, like you can you can take it all to be sort of like framed as like a joke, like not an offensive kind of joke, but but more along like that yeah. was a, that was a funny wacky time rather than a moment yeah. of sincerity. Because like <laughs> there was another like Galileo moment in the film that was like um, you know. The bit, the bit where like they're like they're like ice skating and it looks as though he's about to lean in to kiss Ina, but in fact he's actually staring at the reflection in the eyes yes. of Leo in oh, the, yeah. uh, the sky above. Yeah, and uh, that was just that that was a very funny moment. But it, I feel like 
it could have uh, I mean obviously it has like the, the undertone but mm. <laughs> it never goes beyond that yeah mm. which is why you would be forgiven I think you're forgiven for going either way of this yeah mm. pardon yeah. the pun if you will but <laughs> if you consider this definitive representation good for you I'm happy for you if you don't I also very much see it mm. it's just the only reason I bring it up is because it's been a focal point of the discussion oh, of this movie it has and I I'm very interested to see how it's regarded in later years, yeah. looking back on it. I mean, again, like, you, you would hope that maybe, like, five, ten years from now, we'll barely even think about it, because... It would be have way been more normalised, yeah. 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 And, yeah, things would have done much better. Yeah, because, I mean, like... Like, they do kiss, but it's, uh, it's a CPR kiss. It is. Yeah, which... Yeah. Uh, I, I, I call back to our last episode on Neon Genesis Sega Gelatin. Yeah. <laughs> There's a scene in the Evangelion manga by Yoshiki Sadamoto that also has something like that, and it's woefully taken out of context whenever people try and ship Kawashin or whatever and say the representation. And I just feel sorry for people. Yeah. Not in a mean way, but in the sense that this is all people have, so I get why people do it, but these kind of scenes... We need more. We need way more. It would yeah, be way so more yeah. impactful if it just... Little smooch before the end credits or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, How dare you lie about the full-blown gay sex thing? From there too, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, actually, we've all we've all seen like the recent official art they released, where it's Leo and um, Gallo standing next to each other in like the, the wedding. They're, they're literally yeah. they're getting married. Yeah. So clearly, now that Trigger's seen the reception, they're leading into this shit a lot more. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You're you right, know what? If they do that for a promise sequel, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Cool. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coming back to character dynamics because. Mm -hmm. Because something I really want to focus on here is the climax. Right. And God, I cannot stop with the puns today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that out. I would have missed it. Uh, <laughs> I think this is not to be stereotypical as a Mecha fan, but the forming of Proma, the fight with Cray Foresight, yeah. and how it goes between inside the city centre, on top of the ruins, it feels like I'm attached with a dolly cam and I'm filming this myself. Mm -hmm. The tracking shots of all the different burning rescue members, the sheer velocity, the usage of colours and how the Promomech literally stamps out the burnish energy with a massive... It's just... It's hot-blooded bullshit. And I'm entirely here for it. And Cray Foresight... Dumb name aside, dumb, <laughs> dumb name aside, he's an effective villain, yeah, and I'm kind of fine of him just being this sort of tyrant, because he has a lot of Rossiu parallel, yeah. parallels. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of glad he wasn't just Rossiu, because at least he has something to call his own. Yeah, because... I mean, I, I think the thing I liked about him most, I agree with all of that, what you just said, but I like the fact that he had that, and then he also was hiding it behind this like calm yeah. like demeanor mm. and it wasn't until like the very last second really that that even begins to snap and I that's that always that, cool. that that's what i like to call pulling a freezer if mm. you will where the calm collective villain just loses their shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing about freezer is that he lost his shit so long ago <laughs> now that we only know him as the guy who's yes. absolutely insane uh so no i if anything, this last section, because this will be a bit scatterbrained talking about all these disparate elements of Promet, is where does Studio Trigger go from here? Mm -hmm. And I have some thoughts about this. 
So I'm gonna let you guys take the floor before I possibly oh, okay. close us out. I have a, I have one for okay. If the um uh, if the if the furry tomboy girl in uh, <laughs> in, bra- in brand new animal does yeah. not get a girlfriend, Trigger can bite me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> second <glorious. laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we we can only hope. You guys want to talk about a brand new bite a little as the new hot Trigger press that's coming off the. Well, I, I can say that I'm extremely excited for it because it's the next Yoshinari project. And as we discussed in the previous episode, Yoshinari is one of, if not my favorite anime directors. Mm. Uh, I love his work in uh, earlier things like the, the episodes of Ava he directed. I especially love um, the Little Witch Academia uh, OVAs mm. when he like really got to like show, show what he was capable of when he's not mm. restrained by... By studio or by TV anime budget, indeed. And so, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. It, the The art style looks very much like he's uh, he's really been allowed to run with it. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the premise is not something I would. I'm not, I'm not too hyped about it. I'm I lo- very unfamiliar with the premise. Could you give me like a quick well, sort of TLDR? The thing is, it's from what I understand. I think they released some more information just a few days ago. But um, I think mostly all we have to go on is key visuals and stuff. And what that seems to imply is that it's very derivative of Zootopia in the mm. sense that it's kind of uh, like a world... Unlike Zootopia, I think humans and like anthropomorphic animals coexist. Okay. But I think, I think the world is like... It's a very... So if anything, it's more like Arthur. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's going to teach us all, all a lot of valuable life lessons mm. about well, bullying. Like, Ohio, like... what a wonderful time of day. <laughs> I think they're like they're they're um, uh, they're like sort of half fairies and they they can transform. Yeah, like, I think between their human and animal form. I think at least one of them can. The the wolf yeah. dude can. Nice. But yeah, like I think the one the thing I'm disappointed in it is that it 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 does seem like it's very derivative of Zootopia in the same way that Little Witch Academia was mm. extremely derivative of Harry Potter, and I had kind of had to enjoy it in spite of that, which makes me makes me kind of think, oh, as much as I love your style of animation. Uh, Yoshinari, mm. I kind of am starting to lose faith in your ability to tell original stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that it can uh, it's surprise me pleasantly. That's actually that a sense. fantastic uh, way for me to piggyback off that oh, point. Yes. My final closeout thoughts about this is me and Victor have discussed in private that Studio Trigger in many ways is the Studio Imai Ishii. Yes. I mean, and, yeah. And I think that is a blessing and a curse in mm. equal proportion because quite often people think of the Trigger style was derived from Imaishi's style he's been cultivating since Dead Leaves, and the fact that he is the primary uh, voice that's being heard. And as I mentioned before, like it's his collaboration with Nakashima and all the other Trigger staff that have really made all the Trigger work so far as memorable and as beloved, regardless of, you know, from Kill a Kill to Kiznaiva to Space Patrol, Luluko yeah. to, you know, Inferno Cop, the greatest achievement of animation. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> has made it so memorable is it's a distinct voice, but I do think that as much as I love the Gainax soul methodology of Promare is to Gurren what Gurren is to Gunbuster, and Gunbuster with depression, and Gunbuster with more boobs, and Gunbuster with a bass guitar. <laughs> if you really trace it back, everything is Gunbuster. <laughs> um, I think they need to move beyond their legacy and craft new, more original. And this is coming yeah. as someone who is a fan of the mecha genre, which is a very derivative and re... not regurgitating, but repurposing 
medium if they want to survive beyond this, because Promare has shown that people miss these kind of stories. People absolutely love them for their bombacity and energy and willing to un... willing, uh, sorry, unwillingly compromise... No, blah, 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 blah. To just do cool shit. <laughs> Very but I do myself. think that if I was uh, Mr. Studio Triggerhead, I would do two things. I would find other influences and maybe tackle different shows. And Victor, you'll be very happy with this. I would maybe put the focus away from Imaishi and I'd give Yoshinari a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the, yeah, you're right. That does make me very happy. Because I think, I think Imaishi and Kazuyuki Nakashima, they have had their big picture release. Yeah. This has been in theaters. It's made bank. People love this. Maybe let that rest for a while and give other Trigger staff and directors the chance Definitely. to really make their own works. Because Gainax was not just Hideaki Anno. No. Mm. It was Imaishi, it was Karazuki, uh no, it was friggin' uh, Suramaki. It was all sorts of disparate voices that were just derived from four dumb nerds making music videos in their college dorm. Yeah. And that energy still lives within Trigger, but I'd like to see more voices burn as brightly as Proman. Mm. And if, if like... Gainax hadn't sort of branched out and allowed some of their younger, lesser-known directors to, like, run their own shows, then we wouldn't have gotten the rise of Imaishi with Gurren and then Panty and Stocking. Yeah, 100%. Diversity is key, and I hope Trigger adapts. Yeah. And I mean, even Yoshinari, as much as I love his stuff, he's an established dude. He's got lots of successful and respected projects under his belt, so yeah. there should be people other than him who are given a chance. 100%. Maybe Anna could come back at the <laughs> <laughs> Comes out. Studio Trigger with depression this time. <laughs> Wasn't that darling in the Franks? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I barely acknowledge that as a Trigger anime. Anyway, thank you for Don't your... Don't worry, no one does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, they won pitches. Anyway, this has been the Garugamesh podcast. Thank you for listening to our retrospective on Diet Pepsi Gurren. I mean, uh, Pro-Math. No, you got it right the first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we all had a great time talking about it. So, as we say in this old uh, area of Nippon, Sakura Konigimas! Sakura Konigimas! <laughs> <laughs>